guys. Welcome back to another episode of Gaming Trend Podcast. This episode is about the game versus the movie. So, of course, we're going to be talking about amazing fails and amazing movies. And I'm pretty excited. But let's introduce ourselves. I'm Erica, your host, and I'm joined by my co-host. The Marvelous John. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Kate Purcell. I'm lead editor at Gaming Trend, and I've watched a whole lot of old school video game movies. And I'm Justin Corbett. I'm the host of the Mind Fudge comedy podcast, as well as the creator of Speak No Evil comic book. And I have also watched a whole lot of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> so the perfect time is right now during our pandemic. Uh, I think last night or the other night we saw uh, Double Dragons. Yes, and uh, it was it was really good. There was like a 15 year old Alyssa Milano, and I swear she never ages. Um, you know, not a huge fan of her right now, but she looks amazing. So <laughs> But uh, let's go ahead and get started and head into Game On. Game On! Now, our first one that we're going to talk about is Super Mario. Milk suckers! <laughs> huge Mario fan, um, huge Nintendo fan in general. We've talked about this, John and I, uh. about the, the game versus the video game. Uh, and then, if you haven't seen, check out the Game Historian on YouTube. He made um, a pretty lengthy video about Super Mario and the making of the movie. Now... I did not realize that they went through like seven directors uh-huh. on this movie and then like a trillion different scripts. Oh, yeah. Especially but you can you. still feel it. Oh, yeah. You can feel the heck out <laughs> well, of it. Grant, after all the directors, all the scripts, they ended up with the... the, the a classic. They ended up with a classic. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I've always loved it. I grew up thinking this was a great movie. And then I, when I was an adult, I realized people did not like this movie. <laughs> Milk sucker. Well, well, Grant, you ended up with the husband and wife duo directing team. Yes. That yes. their only real big claim to fame was Max Headroom. Let's just and now Mario Brothers. <laughs> I almost laughed to death when I heard that they were thinking about hiring Danny DeVito as Mario. I was yep. like, oh my God, that's amazing. I mean, it's only slightly uh, better than Ron Jeremy. I mean, they wanted, they wanted Danny DeVito in Mario. They wanted Danny DeVito in Pikachu. Can we just have Danny DeVito in every <laughs> Nintendo movie? You know what? I'm still down for him to be in the standalone Wolverine movie. I mean, there there's a there's a there's a petition out there, guys. We can still sign it. <laughs> What's he going to play? Morph? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to play Wolverine. <laughs> uh, but they also wanted Tom Hanks to be in the movie as well. Yeah. And they were about to sign him. And the studios pulled out of that mess, which, again, it's almost like one pitfall after another. Oh, yeah. I mean, just digging themselves in holes. But that being said, I still loved, I want to say 90% of all the casting in this movie through all the troubles that they had. Uh, I mean, they had a great cast. God, they did it with, with John Leguizamo in there as yeah. Luigi. Yes. That was pretty. Dennis Hopper as King Koopa. Yes. yes. There was a lot of good stuff about the movie. I mean, it it definitely has some shortcomings, and you can tell the script kind of bounces around and is all over the place. And, you know, it, as an adult watching it, you definitely see so many different people's influences on the movie. But overall, especially when I was a kid, I loved it. Uh-uh. Yeah, I loved it, too. It's just the only thing I couldn't really get past, though, even when I was a kid. It's like, those are Goombas. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I mean, as a kid, I watched it, and I'm like, okay, I can see the Super Mario resemblance. But as an adult watching it, I picked up on so many more references that I could not even 
put my head around as a kid. Uh, be, that being said, that is why it's becoming a big cult classic. Now, I think in 2003-2013, Nintendo has actually opened up its doors into making movies again. So, I mean, you have to walk before you run. And then there was always the Super Mario cartoon. That was the best, honestly. No, I could watch that all day long. I take solace in the fact that somewhere out there, there's an Italian guy trying to tell his grandkids, no, 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 I was Mario. And pulling up the opening <laughs> song to that. Everybody do the Mario now. <laughs> Swing your From side to side. Let's do oh the Mario. <laughs> now, Double Dragons. So this was an arcade game. So there really isn't that much of a storyline to the game. Um, oh, I know that they came out after the arcades and they're on different platforms. But what do you guys think about the closest to the movies and the, I want to say original arcade game? Double Dragon, the movie and the video game. Oh, those are like complete polar opposites. <laughs> well, not, not really. I mean, the, the video game didn't really have a storyline. It was basically two guys in different colored costumes fighting an array of mutated creatures and characters until you got to the big boss and then you beat him and moved on or you lost. <laughs> the movie's actually pretty simpler. It, it, Pretty comparable, I'd rather say. It's two brothers who wear different colored karate outfits, fighting a variety of monsters and characters until they get to the big boss, and then they finally assemble the double dragon amulet and defeat him. Um, they added a little bit more mysticism to it. They added a little bit more, you know, pizzazz, I guess, than the game had. But all in all, it's a pretty fun, lighthearted, crazy post-apocalyptic story. You can actually see some of those influences and stuff today, like like the big hulking uh, gang leader guy. He reminded me a lot of the the bad guy gang leader in uh, the Netflix series Daybreak. Like there's a yes. lot of stuff very similar <laughs> in those things. You know, the Mad Max style world. Just just so much that I'm, I'm not saying that's for sure where people got their influence because I'm not sure how many people watch Double Dragon. <laughs> but it's a fun movie. It's a lot better than you expect it to be. I like how they had the Mohawk gang. And then I loved the colors of the outfits mm -hmm. that the Melissa Milano and her... I guess, goons, civilians, whatever. They all had that colorful outfit, which can be seen from the inspiration of the arcade game. I just remember thinking the two brothers were hot. Like, that's literally my memory yeah. of, of Double Dragons, right? That's all I got. Oh, and the arcade game makes a cameo in, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> now, Street Fighter. Oof. Cocaine. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of cocaine. <laughs> he didn't eat or sleep. Just needed cocaine. That was his daily regimen right there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was also Raul Julia's last movie. Mm. It was. He was amazing in that movie. I mean, he was honestly the star, the, the shining star of that film. He was such a weird choice for Bison, but he really pulled it he off was, and made it his own. But he made, yes, he made it amazing. I, I liked all the characters in that movie. Like, they did a really good job of casting the characters, even though... A lot of them are not the people I would have chosen for those roles. <laughs> they all took each individual character and sort of made it their own. Even Zangief, which is like <laughs> arguably one of the harder ones to give some personality to. Like that guy, you know, they go through the whole thing. He's the bad guy the whole time. They get to the end. He's like, wait a minute. We're the bad guys? Like, <laughs> that cracked me up so much. Like, I'm a big fan of that movie. I've loved it for a long time. Oh, but the origins of Blanca in that movie were oh. just horrible. Oh, it was bad. Right? Yeah. We're going yeah, well, to save his psyche by just playing images of like weddings and happiness. <laughs> like, what? No! He's some weird cat thing that's yeah. from Brazil that electrifies people. Yes. <laughs> well, since, since the quarantine's happened, uh, I've watched 
an incredible amount of 80s and 90s movies. And I got to tell you, that kind of stuff happens in almost every single one of them. (laughs) There's always some kind of craziness. I need to know whose team Ken and whose team Ryu in this group. Ryu. Ryu. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, I've never found a team Ken. No one ever admits to being team Ken. I know you're out there, team Ken. (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe on the DL, like. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorite, um, I guess, action games that were made into movies, Mortal Kombat. The first one was great, so good. Oh yeah. I mean, Raiden, ugh, Christopher, amazing. I uh, just like great. I don't really nothing bad to say <laughs> about the movie. Mortal Kombat was such like this sounds ridiculous, but it was such a huge part of my life. I actually uh, took martial arts from like sixth grade uh-huh. on. And um, when Mortal Kombat came out, it became really popular in my high school. And, like, I was a weird heckin' kid, y'all. Like, all of this did not work in a Christian school in Texas at all. Except that, like, during the pep rallies, they would play Mortal Kombat, the the theme song, and they would, like, call me out to do, like, the moves, because I could do the jump kicks and all that, because I was, like, a brown belt. Um And it, like, gave me that, like, one fleeting moment of, like, I have friends. It's okay. (laughs) See, right now I got the theme song. I got the music playing in my head. Tess, your might. Mortal Kombat. Sub-Zero was my guy. Forget everyone else. Sub-Zero. Yes. I was more of a Scorpion guy, but Sub-Zero was great, too. Oh, yeah, you know down quarter turn to whatever direction your enemy's finding a yeah you shot the ice that was easy the only weird part of that movie was scorpion though yeah his little his little claw hook thing was alive and <laughs> so chased every, creepy chased johnny cage through the forest that was so strange <laughs> and then sucked him into the scorpion world mm-hmm. the, the creepiest part was like when cgi was so new and weird back yes. then when his skin peeled back and you're just like yes. i can't look away <laughs> oh and the only thing they can cgi back then was the silver color Yes. <laughs> and the horrible lightning effects. Like, let's be honest. Oh, yes. They yes. were horrible. They're but the prosthetics on Goro were great. They were they so did a fantastic good. job on Goro. Remember when Johnny Cage kicked him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff to like about the Mortal Kombat movie. Second one, horrible. First one, great. <laughs> You know what? I don't have a problem with any of them, honestly. First one was great. First one was great. The other ones were just like, mm, I could I could deal without them, but I don't hate them. They were right. First one's amazing. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is exactly what they are. Now, Doom. I I I have not met one person that liked the Doom movie. The Doom movie was good. Uh, was good when you hit marker one hour. 26 minutes and 28 seconds. So the 15 minutes that actually looked like a video, actually I'm being generous. The three and a half minutes that looked like a video game was pretty cool, but the rest of the movie was complete trash. Yes. Yes, it was. (laughs) The rock couldn't save it. I mean, the rock doesn't even do bad movies and this is like, you know, a a black mark on his career. (laughs) He even says it. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) But no, I agree. I don't understand why they couldn't have done more instances of those last three minutes. If they just put more of that into the movie, I think a lot of people would have been way more happier. I would also like, I guess, um, more nods to the video game. I mean, yes, this is closely related to it, but I don't think it was... They could have done more. They could have done a lot more. Now, Dead or Alive, I have not seen it. Oh, I 
I have it. The movie's a little bit worse than the game. Um, it's not nearly as egregious as Doom, but uh, it has more of a plot than the game does. I mean, Dead or Alive's claim to fame is is the women with the giant boobs, you know, bouncing from here to infinity. <laughs> well, I mean, that's always been Dead or Alive's thing. Well, it's like when they did the uh, Dead or Alive beach volleyball, and their whole claim mm-hmm. for that thing was, we have the boob physics down right. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. That was horrible. Which is actually a little bit of trivia with that. In Dead or Alive, when they're on the boat with uh, Janie Presley, the Asian that comes on to fight her, because he's going to take the boat, that is actually the same actor that was in Mortal Kombat. That's very interesting. Yes. But it's not surprising, especially... Back in like the early aughts and the late 90s, a lot of the same actors were in the fighting movies. I mean, you'd be surprised like how many, like they just cycle them out. Oh, yeah. It's like Funimation with their voice actors. Yep. Yes, exactly <laughs> what that is. Uh, Silent Hill was actually a great movie. I don't think it gets enough justice. It really doesn't. Right. It really For what doesn't. it was. I mean, so many movies before it, yes, they resembled it. Okay, the movie was okay. The games are better, but Silent Hill is pretty equal to the video game. It's a legitimate, like even even if it wasn't associated with the game, it's a legitimate horror movie, and it's it's fun and enjoyable from beginning to end. There's some great moments in there that allude to the video game style play, like where she's jumping over the pit and her knife falls down. Like that's a scene taken straight out of the game. You know, it's it's kind of like what Doom did, but more frequently happens throughout the the movie. Um, they also made Pyramid Head feel like a real villain. They added some incredible special effects, like when he ripped the woman's skin off completely in one pull. I I think the Silent Hill movie does not get nearly enough accolades. It's a fantastic film, and I love the games, too. I remember seeing Silent Hill as a kid. And I say kid as like a teenager, preteen, whatever. The scenes where everything is turning from regular to, I guess, sinister at nighttime, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. The ambience in the movie is fantastic. You're right. Yes. I mean, it had me on edge the whole movie. Yeah. Even even Silent Hill 2. I saw that one in 3D. And I'm, they did the same thing that every 3D movie does and adds a bunch of dumb effects where they have stuff flying at the camera. But if you know Silent Hill, you know that throughout the entire storyline, there's ash raining down on the city uh, or snow or ash or whatever. But in 3D, watching the second movie, there's constantly black ash raining down and it looked so incredible in the 3D effect sitting in the theater. One of the coolest 3D movies I've ever seen just because of that effect alone. That sounds pretty cool. Resident Evil. I think everyone likes Resident Evil. Yeah. The movie. The movies, the, the first two movies are fantastic. Uh, when you get beyond that and you start adding Allie Larder to the cast, everything kind of goes downhill, especially by the time you get to the last two. The last two were just god-awful abominations of films. The games are great. <laughs> I still remember playing that. Resident Evil? Yes. I never even knew it was an arcade game. Yeah, I think I forget how old you are. Yes, I am old. <laughs> I'm not boomer status, but I'm old. <laughs> but it's like, sometimes I'm like, how old are you, man? <laughs> it, it varies between 12 and 38. It's a sliding scale. <laughs> Depends on the day and how much he's had to drink. Exactly. <laughs> that is very accurate description, yeah. Kate. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. the exact same way. 
way I liked about a Resident Evil is that it focused on being a movie more than focusing on being a replica of the video game. I liked the instances from the video games where you're like, oh yeah, like that's a character. Oh yeah, like that happened in the game. But I liked how it focused on being a good movie first. They made it more action-packed than uh, yes. than the game was. The game had a lot more horror elements to it. Um, but I, I think that the horror elements in the game probably wouldn't have translated as well as they did it with the action stuff. Um, it really is one of the best adaptations out there. Oh no, I keep remembering whenever the scene where she been saving quarters the entire time, just load into the shotgun. Yes. Apparently, <laughs> real people try doing that. Why does that surprise you? Some things do. <laughs> and then hearing the reading the stories like here, their shotgun exploded because they loaded five dollars worth of quarters into their shotgun shell. I mean, that's just Darwinism, man. I'll just let it happen. I mean, those are the same people drinking bleach and injecting Lysol. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, you know, survival of the fittest. <laughs> the Darwin Awards exist for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> We've all seen Detective Pikachu, but I believe only one of us has played Detective Pikachu. There's a game? There is a game, <laughs> and it is excellent, and I'm going to tell you all my problem. I have exactly one problem with the game of Detective Pikachu. Ryan Reynolds doesn't voice it. <laughs> Aww. He Pikachu. That's why he's so popular. No, he's got this deep, low, sexy voice, and he's like talking, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I can't feel this way about Pikachu. This is a problem. Oh, no. But no, Detective Pikachu is actually a really great little um, little game. It's got awesome little stories. The uh, female character from the movie, I don't remember her name, with the Psyduck, she's actually competent and really, really awesome in the game. They really dumbed her down for the movie, which upset me a lot. The other thing about the game is it's only part one. You don't find out the twist and I put twist in air quotes because I think most of us saw that coming. You don't see the twist at the end of Detective Pikachu. Um, the movie, the game ends way before you get to see that. Uh, you're nowhere near figuring out that Mewtwo's involved. You're making a face, John. That's just his face. No, no. John's like, what's a Mewtwo? <laughs> no, 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 no. I played Pokemon when he was original 151. Mm-hmm. But he Stuck the one on, I approve. But whenever I watched the movie, I never played the game. I was just amazed. I thought, okay, Round Round's just the voice actor that was behind Detective Pikachu. And then at the minute of the movie, I should have seen that coming that he was the dad. Well, okay, so now that <laughs> yeah. we're spoilering it, right? I was trying very <laughs> carefully to not while. do this. It's been out for a year. I think it's fine. <laughs> um, when the internet was screaming, make Danny DeVito Pikachu's voice, like, granted, the game doesn't straight out say that, but. By the end of the game, I'm like, okay, so we know where this is going, right? And so everyone's like, we need Danny DeVito. And I'm looking at the kid that they cast to be the lead. <laughs> and then I'm looking at Danny DeVito and I'm like, y'all, I can't say why, but I'm really sure that's not going to work. <laughs> why? <laughs> I can't say. Now, I haven't played Detective Pikachu, but uh, it got really good ratings across the board, uh, and it's a good standalone game as mm -hmm. well. 
It's definitely off the beaten path of Pokemon. Like in you know, like in the movie, there's no Pokemon battles. You spend a lot of time figuring things out, but there's some really, really clever moments to it. And you go beyond Rhyme City. You go out into the suburbs. There's one part where there's this really misty island where there's all this mist and you're trying to figure out what's going on and helping people. Um, those of you who do know Pokemon, it's got a little bit of Pokemon Ranger feel to it, but without the circle mechanic. Thank goodness. But like, there's these glowing eyes in the distance and you're like, that's a Gyarados, right? Like, I play Pokemon. I know what a, an angry Gyarados looks like. And it turns out it's not a Gyarados. Spoiler alert. I won't say what it is. But like, there's this really, really clever, the way they incorporated it, you're absolutely convinced of what it is. Also, you're like, this is a kid's game, so it's probably not a Gyarados, right? But I'm so, this definitely looks like Gyarados. And when they pull up these really cute and really wholesome stories like it's really really rewarding it is absolutely as wholesome as the movie oh i think sonic is extremely wholesome i think it is such a cute movie it is for adults for kids for everyone that has two eyes i mean it's just adorbs when it came to sonic the hedgehog they actually got the we're gonna make a movie off of a video game theory right yes no i love the fact that they listened to the fans. They were going to put out a movie with a dem demonic Sonic. <laughs> Those teeth. That one should have been voiced by Danny DeVito. Like. <laughs> yes, yes, <it> have. <laughs> and we were like, please don't do that to my boy Sonic. And they're like, okay, fam, we're going to fix this for you. And it worked. And I, I love how people were trying to fail this movie before it came out. They were saying, oh, it's not even going to make any money. You know, they're going to waste all that money for fixing the, the graphics and everything like that. The first two nights that it was out, I think that it already beat Detective Pikachu, which Detective Pikachu before Sonic was already the most grossing movie made from a video game. Oh, yeah. But like with Sonic the Hedgehog, this the way they made the character... Especially after they redesigned the mo the model of it, thank yes. God, because <laughs> yes. that was just a the human teeth bothered me. <laughs> but like with me, I got to watch it about at least three times because a friend of mine, Lizzie the Hedgehog, took me to go see it three times. <laughs> she saw it about ten to fifteen because she loves the blue hedgehog, and she dresses like Sonic every time she goes. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And I went to the premiere as Silent Bob, which was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be the person that reigns in the parade and say that the animation studio that redid it all got laid off after that. They did. Yes, they did. And that was super sad. The company got bought. So were the all the employees laid off after the company was purchased? It's hard to tell. Like, I will say that the animation industry is actually really, really rough. Oh my goodness, sorry. There's a really loud something flying directly over. <laughs> it was over Sonic. Mine. He just drove, flew exactly. by your Exactly. That was Sonic. Thank you, Sonic. That was it, a Sonic. Sonic, Sonic knows that I haven't seen this movie and he's punishing me. I don't know. I heard there was something about breastfeeding and breastfeeding creeps me out, so I haven't seen it. <laughs> Are you serious? You haven't seen there's Sonic? There's no breastfeeding in the movie. Oh, wow. Is there breastfeeding? No, there's not. There was Eggman was upset about breastfeeding or something. I don't know. I have no interest in Sonic. I worked at DeviantArt for 15 years. I can't with Sonic. Okay, I can't with Sonic <laughs> well, anymore. There, there's a couple little like little Easter eggs with it, like with there. the horrible web comic of Sonic. Oh no, I love Sonic. Yeah, Sonic's in it. They put they put a little Easter egg of it. If you don't know. The Sonic fandom, like I know the Sonic fandom, uh, then you can't understand. 
I I know the Sonic fandom. They are... um, Don't get me wrong. Toxic. I'm not even talking about that. Like, I am a diehard shipper. You do whatever you want to do. I can't with Sonic anymore, y'all. Like... Like, I just, I, there are certain fandoms that I've had a little too much exposure to, and um, I need to let that wound heal a little bit. And Sonic is one of them. Like, I was never particularly a fan of, I liked the Sonic comics, and I liked the, I grew up with the Sonic cartoon where it was the whole group of them, not like just Sonic and Tails in that yes. weird abstract world. I liked the group dynamic one. Oh, I don't remember uh, which Sonic one is which. That's what I grew up with. Like every morning I'd wake up and watch oh, that yeah. show. With Sally. Yes. Whichever one yeah. had Sally. And Bunny Rabot yes. was my girl. She was oh, yeah. rogue in Sonic. And like, I could deal with that, <laughs> right? Now, Miss K, you wanted to talk about some Tomb Raider. Let's talk about some Tomb Raider. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to preface this with I have two separate stories about Tomb Raider, and I haven't seen Tomb Raider. But there's a reason I haven't seen Tomb Raider relevant to my first story, and it's a little bit heartbreaking. So I've been with Gaming Trend for a little while since the Tomb Raider movie came out. And when the Tomb Raider movie came out, not only did I live in L.A., I lived a couple blocks from the Chinese theater. Two days before the red carpet for Tomb Raider, I receive an email saying, hey, would you like to come to the red carpet premiere of Tomb Raider and interview several of the actors? Yes, please. Like, I'm going to be completely honest here. I wasn't particularly interested in the movie, but like Tomb Raider's a freaking solid series. Laura Croft is bae, right? Like... Girl power, especially with her remake when her polygons were no longer putting out eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was super excited. I'm like, heck yes, please like send me all the info. And they reply and say, awesome, it is in two days. And that was the retirement party for my coworker and mentor at the site I worked for. And so I was like heartbroken that I couldn't go. Ended up being a a happy story because we had another editor who loved Tomb Raider more than anything. And he actually flew himself out to Hollywood and crashed on my air mattress to be able to go to this. So we did get it covered. He did get to meet um, whatever her name is, Alicia. Angelina Jolie? No, no, no. This was the other Tomb Raider. The Uh, recent one. Alicia. Alicia. He got to do the interviews. That interview is that all that coverage is up on Gaming Trend. Um, and he was super excited because like Tomb Raider was one of those like inspirational series for him. Um, so that was really awesome. But then like a couple months later, my parents were visiting me in Hollywood and um, they were staying with me for like a week and I was working for like four of those days and they were doing their touristy thing. And then we were going to spend a long weekend together. And they're like, and like I said, I live a couple blocks in the Chinese theater. And if you haven't been to the Chinese theater, the Chinese theater is amazing. Like, fancy, the Chinese theater and Grauman's. If you go to Hollywood, please, like, I'm not a fan of Hollywood. I will not tell anyone to go to Hollywood. If you go to Hollywood, (laughs) go see two movies, one in the big room at the Chinese theater and one in um, the El Capitan Theater because it's amazing. Um, 1920s, gorgeous, over-the-top stuff. Um, Seats are tiny. Seats are very tiny. They're made for 1920s butts. Yes. (laughs) You might have to sit at an angle. I almost did because I got the hips. So my parents are like, what should we do? And I'm like, you should go see a movie in the big 
Grauman's Chinese theater, right? It is beautiful. There's chandeliers. Like it's an experience. You need to go experience it. Don't go to the, there's the six and those are fine, but you need to go to the one where all the red carpets happen. You need to walk across all the handprints to get in. Like this is what you need to do. And they're like, awesome. And they were going to go Wednesday, but then the weather turned and it was supposed to rain Wednesday and be beautiful Thursday. No, it was supposed to be beautiful Wednesday and rain Thursday. So they said, okay, instead of going Wednesday, we'll go Thursday. And I called my mom and asked her, I literally called my mom before I told the story and said, what movie were you supposed to see? And she can't remember either, but there was some really good nominated for awards movie that she was, they were going to go see, but the movies change on Thursdays. So they show up ready to go watch this Academy award winning movie and it switched over to Tomb Raider (laughs) 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 and video game movies, even good ones are lost on my parents. So I come home from work expecting to get a full report on this really awesome movie. And my now very grumpy parents, because they've been rained on, they came to LA and got rained on. They're like, movie was shit. Theater was beautiful. (laughs) Theater was amazing. So um, yeah, I didn't get to see Tomb Raider with them. I didn't get to see Tomb Raider on the red carpet. Um, Someday I will see Tomb Raider. I played Tomb Raider though. the, The newer Tomb Raider movie, it's okay. It's not great or anything. Um, the older ones with Angelina Jolie, like they were about as good. Like they're all just kind of okay. Uh, I will say the soundtrack for the first Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie is amazing. It's like one of the best video game movie soundtracks I've ever heard. Uh, but the movies are kind of hit or miss. Like you can you can skip them. And you're not really missing anything. They were okay. Uh, I was actually surprised that Angelina Jolie took those movies, but. It is what it is. It's okay. Let's go ahead and go into Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. I found a couple of cool things on Kickstarter. Uh, I think, John, you'll love this. It's called the Hydrocell Cube. It instantly produces power simply by adding salt water. It charges five to ten phones on a single set of charge plates, provides 50 highlight mode to 100 low light mode hours to light using the Hydrocell accessory light on a single set of replaceable charge plates. The Hydrocell Cube is also eco-friendly. The waste produced is totally biodegradable. The hydrocell itself is made from recyclable plastic. Now, the main thing about this is that it's supposed to be all eco-friendly. There is no lithium batteries, none of that mess. And so they're trying to say that they're planet-friendly, essentially. Uh, But you can take ocean water or you can even make your own solution. And all you do is you pour the water into this cube and it's a rechargeable battery. That sounds like what I did with uh, old car batteries and revamp them into de-cycle marine batteries. But that's a car battery. Yes, but <laughs> never, never uh, question John's ingenuity. He can he can put a strap on it and carry it around, and it's his portable battery for cons. <laughs> hey, I have like two of those in my pack. Yes, no, but I mean, this hydro hydrocell cube is super small. It's a little bit bigger than your hand, but I it looks like you could hold it in both your hands. Portable, and again. All you have to do is put salt water in it, and it can charge stuff for, like, a good couple hours. Well, that's actually kind of cool, actually. You know, cause always looking for something more to put um, salt water into that I've always wanted to put salt water into. <laughs> what? You're a strange guy, John. <laughs> that's a very weird <laughs> thing For some to say. reason, the name makes me think of, like, Cobra Commander from G.I. Joe. I don't yes, know why. Yes, I was thinking the exact yes. same thing. Hydrocell cube. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
It it legitimately feels like what would be content, what would be fought over in the crossover between G.I. Joe and Transformers. Oh. It's like the broad, broadcast Energon transmitter. Yes. <laughs> still, you know, for 54 bucks. It's still that like, is kind of pricey. Yeah. I mean, you can get like a, a battery powered rechargeable for like less than 20. So it's a AU. $94, which in American dollars and Eagle dollars, as we call them, it's 70 bucks. Or no, sorry, 61 bucks. Freedom dollars. But I mean, 61 bucks. It's eco-friendly, which is, I mean, I like eco-friendly stuff. When you think about how much waste you cause and, you know, even the eco-friendly batteries, those are still batteries uh, that, you know, have chemical waste and you have to dispose of them correctly. This this is something alternative. Yeah, John, he's like, I don't do that. <laughs> I tried the hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. No, not for like the normal things like, oh, I'm saving the planet and the polar bears. No, it's like, I don't want to pay like, I want to get more than 14 miles to the gallon like I do with my truck. Anyway, 61 bucks for a reusable, planet, eco-friendly, rechargeable battery. That doesn't sound too bad. So if you're in the market... All I'm saying is that, like, everyone, especially in NorCal, is, like, causing trouble with this quarantine because they won't stay off the frickin' beaches, right? Like, all these California, like, water bugs cannot stay away from the beach. So if you're already at the beach... Right, if you're spreading the rona around the beach, the least you can do is bring your saltwater powered, eco-friendly, yes. rechargeable thing. You're at the beach already, killing everyone. Just fill it up while you're there. Put some salt water in it, and then touch the connectors. <laughs> Let Darwinism take over. Lick the connectors while you're at it. Now, another great thing I found a Kickstarter. It is called the Groove Belt. Um, I most of you have heard of these, the Groove Rings, which are pretty much rubber wedding rings that you can wear. And you can, you know, go to the gym or work with. You've seen some they kind of... They light up and stuff, too. I think I've seen advertisements for them. Right. Everyone's everyone's seen or heard of them. Um, they've also made the Groove Watch, which, again, is just a plastic, flexible watch wrist. <laughs> uh, but the Groove Belt, it is stretching, secure placement that hides the extra fabric. Anyone knows who uses fabric belts? You always have that in fabric that sticks out or flops around and you don't know where to put it. This belt is kind of ingenious in the way that it sticks behind the belt and it is flush with it as well. It's stiff, so it won't twist or right up in the back. And it has propriety webbing, magnets in it. <laughs> it's a A380 aluminum alloy buckle and a 94-year warranty. Magnets? How-, how do they work? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how well this will hold, hold up against my Glock. These are not made for the Instagram posse. <laughs> now, the sizes are from small to extra large. Uh, I think it goes up to a 54-inch waist. But the great thing about this is that it focuses you don't have to tighten your belt throughout the day. Because some belts, they lose their elasticity, your eating, whatever. This belt stretches with you throughout the whole day. So when you're sitting, when you're, you're moving, now it's not going to get loose, but it's going to stretch and then when you're, you know, when you're done moving, it's going to relax. Now, you can buy one belt for $49. Or you can get two belts for 57 I believe. Okay, see, that's the better deal right there. Because, you know, Grant, a belt that can stretch, so I don't have to wear, like, elastic waistband pants when Thanksgiving comes around. But that, but this is exactly what it is, so it can stretch with you. You can, you can just put it on once and never take it off, John. It'll keep stretching with you. <laughs> I am not that big. No, 
I think I think this is a, I was like, hey, this sounds exactly something that my brother would like. Like th- this looks like a great gift idea. But once they put it out to market, the prices of these are going to go up extraordinarily. Yeah, cuz I'm looking at this thing right now. There's like, hey, only 25,000, but they got 235,000 of pledge to it. It's like, wow. Now, what have you bought this week, Miss K? Well, I can tell you something that I did not buy this week. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Mr. Crazy Cat Lady John will appreciate this. <laughs> I have two cats, and they both have unique dietary problems. And they have to have med- one of them has to have medicine in their food. And you know cats, they like to eat each other's food. So, three years ago, I invested in this feeder by Sureflap that looks like something out of Star Trek. It has, like, this arch over the top, and... I have seen that. They're amazing. <laughs> the cat sticks their head in, it reads the microchip, and it yes. will only open for the cat with the chip. Wow. So um, I bought two of these for Opie and Jareth three years ago, and they saved my life. I spent so much less time policing they would like lane swap in the morning they'd be like over here i'm eating over here you're ready lane swap and i'd be like no it's great for if you've got one that overeats um they're not perfect but they're awesome but shortly before quarantine opie's feeder started acting up and it wouldn't open sometimes and it continued and to degrade and it wouldn't happen at all and they're like 150 bucks so they're not cheap. And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, I bought this in 2007. I'm boned. But I write in, right? And I'm like, hey, so it's acting up. And they reply to me, no joke, with a list of 13 questions for me to answer down to what batteries are you using, right? So I'm like going into detail about, I took the batteries that were out of the working feeder that were working, put it in this one, didn't work, you know, put a new, like went through all of it. And they replied within 24 hours and said, Thank you for answering our questions. We've decided the best thing we can do is send you a new feeder. It will be there in three to five days. Ooh. Wow, oh, wow. that's, that's great. So SureFlaps feeder, the customer service is amazing. If you have to keep your cats from eating each other's food or small dogs, <laughs> not big dogs, but sm- works for small dogs. Amazing. I can't recommend enough. Um, still awesome customer service three years after purchasing. Love it. Wow. wow. That's great. Uh, I bought food and stock options. <laughs> More stock options. <laughs> All of the stock. Yes, you know what? With this wonderful pandemic we're going through, oil prices at bottoms. So I took my stimulus check, and being an adult, I use that term loosely. <laughs> I bought stock in energy companies, oil exploration, and everything else. And what's really interesting, I have been making money. <laughs> That's insane. That's great. Buy low, sell high. That's what Tom Nook taught me. That's what the stock market in Animal Crossing taught me. Oh, same thing right now. I still own Facebook stock, and it's like, I'm making a crap load of money. (laughs) Uh, I paid my property taxes. Does that count? Yes, it does. Yes. (laughs) You bought a home. Was it with stimulus money? Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was. I contributed to it, for sure. (laughs) So, uh, I have no job, but I've somehow been buying stuff all the time lately. (laughs) Of course. Uh, (laughs) Stimulus. (laughs) Stimulus. 
Uh, I got two of my Final Fantasy VII shirts in from the Yeti. Uh, I got a pre-ordered one, which was an Akira-themed one with Cloud on his motorcycle. And the other one was kind of like a, a crazy cross between a little, a little Star Wars influence, but it is still a Final Fantasy VII shirt. And then... I got an amazing Cuphead poster. The colors, yes. I saw that colors, one. I cannot say. The colors are amazing. The blue on this poster, it just, pictures just do not give it justice. So you need to get out here to LA at some point because I have to show you the life-size Cuphead and Mugman figurines we have at our office custom built. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Send me. <laughs> But yes, that is what I bought. I've been buying a lot of um, Final Fantasy t-shirts because I swear the Yeti is making all Final Fantasy and all um, Animal Crossing. It is nothing but Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII shirts for the past like two months and I am happy. I mean, has I'm anything like, else really happened during the quarantine? It's all no, Animal Crossing it's amazing. and Final Fantasy. No, <laughs> Doom happened, but that's basically <laughs> Animal Crossing at this point. We've all just Yeah, agreed. but you're done with Doom in like 12 hours. Animal Crossing is like a 300-hour <laughs> game. <laughs> it is. Now, let's talk about some Nani. Nani? Who has heard about Universal Studios screwing themselves out of the theater industry? Oh, that yeah. article, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, there's a lot of people that are saying Universal Studios is going to be fine. AMC and Regal Theaters is just making a whole mess. But, you know, the only reason Universal Studios did so well on VOD, Video On Demand, for Trolls 2, is because everyone is home. Not only that, but everyone's home with their kids. That's, yes! <laughs> that's an important distinction. That is the only reason. <laughs> oh, God, I actually if, pirated if this that was... movie and I couldn't stand it. <laughs> In any other normal situation, no, they're not going to make their money. And so they kind of just screwed themselves out because they even told themselves, oh, we're thinking about releasing VOD and in theaters on the same day. And theaters, they don't make all their money on ticket sailing. They make a lot of their money from concessions. Oh, yeah. You know, $10 for a small thing of popcorn, of course. Yes. And so they're they're pissed off. They're like, well, if you're going to do this, there's no point of us buying your movie. Because we don't make money off of that. We make money for people coming in and buying our products. Yeah. I did that when I went to go see the Sonic movies and paid a lot for the Sonic special popcorn bins. Oh my god, don't even get me started. So you remember when Star Wars came out, the last one? Yes. And they had the R2-D2 for $50? I had to buy it. I... I had to buy it. I had to. It was the cutest thing ever, and I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> Pretty much every time I go to a movie and I see a metal tin bucket, um, I instantly just buy it. Just because that I do know memorabilia does go up over the years, even though it might take a decade, two decades, whatever. I put all of my movie popcorn bins, drink canisters, whatever. I put all of it in my display cabinets. So I have a place where I can't really say much. It's like when Star Wars Episode Seven came out. I'm like, okay, we'll go see it. And then they had a booth in there with like, we have the t-shirts, we have the keychains, we have this, everything we can slap the merchant right. the name on. So of course mm -hmm. I bought a t-shirt and a keychain because it was the cheapest things on there because I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> Come to find out, we'll look on eBay. It's like, wow, that keychain's already like raised in price by like eight times. Like, I'm yes. gonna hold on to this and see what I can sell it for the most. <laughs> see, some things, some things you kind of 
you have to sell right then there or doesn't it mm-hmm. doesn't value and price that well. Like you remember when Thanos and the last uh, Avengers movie came out and everyone was getting the Thanos mugs, the Thanos popcorn holders. That stuff was being resold for so much money, it was insane. But if you try to buy that right now, it would be close to original buying price. So, I mean, if I were you, I would have sold it right then. Yeah, there. but I, I mm-hmm. like t-shirts and keychains because it adds to my wardrobe. Yeah, no, if you like it and you're using, that is all, I'm just saying, for a resale point of view, like, franchises that you know that will be around, Star Wars, other stuff like that, you know it's going to retain some value, keep it. But other ones where you're like, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the Nutcracker with, you know, the remake that just came out a couple of years ago. I don't know if that's going to retain some value. There was a so, Nutcracker yeah. yeah. Oh, what are they? What were they remake? It had Natalie Portman. It had Natalie Portman in it. Oh, wow. It was the play, the Nutcracker. Oh, I think I vaguely remember that. It wasn't that great. I was very surprised Natalie was in it. <laughs> Another another subject to Nani. Scientists made artificial skin for rubits. Oh hell no! Fuck that Terminator. Yes. <laughs> we're Bender says bite my shiny metal ass. They say that we're only twenty to thirty years away from having like fully functional androids out in the working force. No, no, no. If you watch Star like the new Star Trek Picard, it leads to bad things like Mars like we being all, on we fire. We all know robots. We all know robots are going to be bad. Humans, people, people are not pushing for androids. Companies are pushing for androids so they don't have to pay people money. Yes. <laughs> that is all that that and is. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> Mars will Skynet. be on fire for Skynet. years. Skynet, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Did you all hear about... So there's this game called Indivisible, which is this awesome action platformer. Um, gorgeous. I got to do a preview of it. If you like action platformers, please check it out. Came out a couple years ago. And it came out this week on Switch, which is exciting. Everyone wants things on Switch, mm-hmm. except it was a complete surprise to the game's developers. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Mike Zayment tweeted, and he's all like, hey, that thing everyone wanted, Indivisible, on um, Switch. Well, do you feel like you missed the announcement? You're not alone. Our team found out because people on Twitter were congratulating us. Wow. Um, <laughs> How does that happen? So basically, <laughs> uh, basically, another like they were working with another company who decided to port it and didn't really tell them that they were porting it. So the um, company put it out with no no date announcement, no lead up PR. He said it's missing co-op features. He said... Um, Lab Zero, which is the company that made it, actually had no part in the Switch port. And he ended up saying this launch does not represent the quality standards of Lab Zero. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. It wasn't us. But hey, it's 20% off. (laughs) Every time I hear about androids, all I hear are sex robots and like customer service robots. And we all know sex robots is going to be the first thing that's going to happen because they try to open up a sex robot shop down here in Houston and they <laughs> found out a week before it was going to happen and people started complaining. Have we talked about Westworld? <laughs> Come on, y'all. They try to justify it saying, well, it's not a robot sex store. You get to try out the robots before you buy them. That's different. Oh, yes. Let me, let me, insert, let me insert my mail. How many of you bought, John? Why are you asking me? I prefer real life humans. <laughs> how many how many 
episodes on Dogfin did we talk about like <laughs> sex robots, John? <laughs> you got me coughing now, dear God. Because <laughs> you got caught. <laughs> I'm going to switch over to Scotch now. But yes, with Dogfin Radio, my old show. Let me get a little, uh, little uh, ad in here. He was younger and less, uh, less respectable then. <laughs> <laughs> but with me, with, with I had Dogfin Radio podcast, I loathe the idea of Valentine's Day. For one reason, <laughs> why have one day where significant other, partner, or whatever, to throw all the love and affection on there when it should be 365 days a year? Yeah, but it's just the day extra that you do extra stuff. Yeah, but still, you try and go out to dinner and anything like that. It's impossible to get a place to eat. Oh, you would never, you you never go to dinner. I but, do. No, like you say, I you do. stay home. I, you cook your I you cook your significant time, other. I take him out to a fancy dinner. I actually dress up. It is not just t-shirt <laughs> and shorts and flip flops. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, <laughs> look! All I'm saying. All I'm saying is I stand Valentine's Day because I want the 50% off chocolate yes. the following day. That's all <laughs> exactly. I care about. That is the major thing. <laughs> no, February 14th at midnight, because that's the only way you get oh, the good uh, chocolate. Uh, oh, with this pandemic, when it came to Easter, I got a crap load of cabri eggs. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even celebrate Easter this year, which is totally crazy. I know. I only remember there was Easter because of Yes, that, that is exactly <laughs> what it is. A damn I, bunny. Same with you. <laughs> Zipper is Thank gone. And we can at least take solace in the fact that the only person who hated the Easter event more than we did was Zipper himself. He hated it. I no and I want to know what is. he looks like under that costume, and I want to know why he is in costume. This ties back to previous to previous things. Zipper is a reluctant furry. Zipper is the only other human in the game, and he has been forced to be a furry. That makes so much sense, though. Wow. Animal Crossing is a horror game. Make no mistake. <laughs> Animal Crossing is a horror game. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. You can find me at The Raging Erica. That's Erica with a C. And you can find me, John, at anything that says Dogfin Studios or my YouTube channel, which I stream games on at Mother Brain Gamer. You can find me at KDamphyr, K-A-Y-D-A-M-P-H-Y-R on Twitter. And I stream daily either Animal Crossing or Final Fantasy VII, the original, on Twitch TV slash Gaming Trend. And you can find me as at ComicalJC pretty much anywhere. And if you'd like to check out my podcast, Mind Fudge Comedy Podcast, it's available on all podcatchers. You can also go to mindfudgecomedy.com to listen to it there. Okay, thanks, guys. We'll see you later.